to the Overgivers Anonymous podcast. My name is Angela Mondor, also known as the Geeky Girl. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about some amazing things to help you get over overgiving. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Overgivers Anonymous podcast. I want to talk to you today about delegating the tasks in your business that create income. It's a different way of looking at it, I suppose. There's lots of different ways to think about your tasks and you know the tasks that you're doing in your business. If you don't have a team currently, then you're probably doing it all yourself. And maybe you're just muddled through the hassle of writing to-do lists and just trying to get shit done day to day. But what I want you to think about, even and if you have a team, maybe you are delegating things to people, but maybe you're not doing it in a way that's allowing you to actually generate more income in your business. So I want you to think about the different types of tasks that you can outsource. And when you're looking at identifying those tasks, and like I said, maybe you've already identified some of those, maybe some of them are delegated already, but uh, there's a chance that, you know, not all of them are delegated, or this will give you a different perspective. So when you're looking at delegation and, and what kinds of things you'd want to delegate away from yourself, it's important for you to track your work activities what are some of the things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Things that maybe weigh you down that are in your circle of brilliance. This is really important to think about. Your personal circle of brilliance is where your best, where your time is best spent. What is it that you can do that nobody else in your business can do? In my business, recording this podcast for you is something nobody else can do but me. It's my voice. I own it. I need to use it. When you're thinking about those kinds of tasks in your business, those you can't delegate, but the things that lead up to them can. So yes, this podcast is recorded by me, but my team will edit it. My team will write the show notes. My team will write, there's all the different other things that can be done. So when you're tracking your activities and the things that you're doing inside your business, you start to break down the the bigger pieces into, oh, well, this piece I need to do, but I can outsource this piece. And this piece I need to do, but I can outsource this piece. So that's why I talk about tracking your business activities. What is it that you're doing? It's a fantastic exercise to do often, well, not necessarily often, but at least yearly, if not quarterly inside your business. So that it gives you an opportunity to look at uh, what's happening in your business because our business change and evolve It feels slow, but really it's quite quick, especially when people are looking on the outside. They can help you see that things are moving quickly inside your business. But it's important to revisit these things because what you're outsourcing today, if you are, can change and evolve moving forward. If you're not outsourcing, then obviously there's huge changes to be made on that level as well. So documenting your processes is a way for you to be able to easily identify now, you can get as hardcore as writing your documenting your processes, creating your SOPs. You can, you can go down that rabbit hole if it's, if it's a thing you enjoy. You know, I love documenting processes and SOPs simply because I find that it is easier to then hand off those to other people. It is easier to delegate those things. There's a counterbalance in between. So for me, and you don't even have to, you don't have to write your processes down to the nth degree. Like you don't have to write them down to the point where you say, click on this button and then, right, you don't even have to go that far. But if at least if you have a flow, it's, it's like a story. Oh, and what's the start? What are the big pieces that you need to move forward? Now, each of us have our own way of doing things. And of course, with my ADHD, my neurodiversity picks up different things than other people's would as well. Some of us need to have things written down in a micro perspective in our processes, and some of us just need to go macro. And so it's up to you. When you look at that process list, 
because it's literally a list of things that you have to do to get the task done. When you look at that list, if you go, oh, how do I get that part done? Then you haven't broken it out far enough. If you look at the list and go, oh my God, there's far too many things to check off on this list. You've probably broken it out too far. That's kind of the feeling of how you can break that out. If you need help and you want to have some processes that are already laid out for you, the Instant Outsourcing Bundle is the best way to get that done. You can get that at instantoutsourcingbundle.com. And there's hundreds of processes already written out for you that all you have to do is tweak rather than start from scratch. And there's a template in there as well to show you how you can fill that out. It's a blank one. Um, so you can fill it out for anything that isn't listed in that package as well. So there's different kinds of tasks inside our business. We have no income tasks. We have low income tasks and we have high income tasks. And depending on your business structure, because your business structure will be different than other people's. And some people are able to outsource their high income tasks and some people aren't. In my business, I'm not able to outsource the high income tasks, which is typically sitting down and speaking with people one on one, having a conversation with them to decide whether or not we're a good fit. Nobody else can do that for me. That's something that currently in my business anyway, the way my business currently is, I'm the only one looking to make that happen. But there are low income tasks or no income tasks that certainly can come off my plate so that I have more time to spend on my high income tasks. When you're looking at creating more income, creating more profit inside your business, sometimes it isn't about finding the people who can generate the income. However, sometimes it's about finding people who are able to give you more time so that you can generate the more income. So again, depends on your on your business structure. There's plenty of businesses who hire people to do the sales for their business so that they can focus on the other pieces. That is something that can be outsourced, just isn't something that can be outsourced in my business currently. So again, depending on the type of business you have, depending on what you are doing and what your circle of brilliance is, that will dictate what it is that you can actually outsource inside your own business. Okay. When you're thinking about the different types of tasks that, that are in terms of that whole no low income or no income, like I said, it isn't necessarily that you are wanting to only outsource things that make money, but you may want to outsource things that give you time. Okay. So tasks that are low income, you know, those kinds of tasks that they can be associated with busy tasks. Okay. They still need to get done, but they keep you busy as opposed to allowing you to stay in your circle of brilliance so that you can actually make more, okay? So those times of low income tasks still need to get done, but it doesn't mean that you have to get them done. And it's possible that some of them you need to get done, but again, you want to make sure that you're getting the best bang for your time, okay? So if, if a task takes you four hours to do, and let's say your time is worth $100 an hour. That's four, $400 for you to get that four hours worth of work done. But if you could hire somebody at, let's say, $25 or $30 an hour, and they do it in an hour, the math works, right? <laughs> so when you save yourself those four hours and you also save yourself the $370, then it allows while you're saving yourself. Well, you are saving yourself the full four hours because you're not even doing that part. It allows you to be able to free up your time and free up your income to do other things. So low income producing tasks, services and products and, you know, that you're doing inside your business. Maybe you have things that are, you know, from social media development or, um, you know, social media content production, those kinds of things. Those kinds of things are 
could be no income or low income, depending on where you are in your business. If the social media is working and driving and you're actually getting leads and those leads are coming into your business, they could be low income tasks. But a lot of times when we're building our businesses and we're putting out that work and effort into our blogs and podcasts and social media, we're looking at that visibility piece. A lot of times it's no income for a long time because you're building up that visibility you're building up that community before you have the ability to actually earn income from it. So those sort of focus sometimes on low income to no income to low income. Now, sometimes those same no income tasks like that social media can actually create low income as well. So maybe you are, you have an ebook or something that's worth a little bit of money and you have somebody put that together for you, right? That's a low income task because they put it together for you and you can sell it. You can sell it multiple times, obviously, but it's a low income um, task. Your high income tasks is, you know, where the majority of your business revenue comes from. And those are typically related to, you know, the, the, the core of what you do inside your business. So products and services that you're offering to clients at that high ticket level. And sometimes you can have help as well, outsourcing those things or bits of those things to help you to be able to generate more. Uh, on my team, I do have somebody on, well, actually I have two people on my team that help with all three levels, the no income, the low income, and the high level, uh, the high income. And in the high income area, they allow me to be able to service more clients. So together as a team, we can service more clients than I can on my own because we share the workload. So there's lots of different ways when you're thinking about the delegation to look at, you know, just because it's a no income task doesn't mean to say you might not want to outsource that. You don't have to just outsource the high income, high income. But overall, when you're outsourcing, you want to think about where, when I apply this, when I do outsource these things and I get other people to help me build the business, then how is that going to impact the income? How am I going to be able to generate more based on their assistance? So that's where, you know, you can think about the different ways that outsourcing can impact those different areas of your business. Now, when you're delegating tasks to create income, the, the idea is, is that you want to make sure that you can understand how that delegation actually does create income. So like I said before, it can help you by having more time so that you have more time to spend on the other tasks that will bring in more money, maybe bring in more leads or maybe bring in more uh, closed leads as opposed to, you know, not being able to close those leads. But also the other side of it is that they can help you with the work in, that comes in entirely. If you're a service-based business, uh, part of my business is service-based. I have most, most all service, the majority of my business is service-based. I do have other products as well. But from a service-based perspective, the onus isn't just on me to get the work done for my client or clients. I have team members who help me do bits and pieces of that as well, and we share the workload. So because we share the workload, then it means we can take on more clients at one time. If it was just me, I wouldn't be able to take on as many clients because I only have so many hours in the day. And on top of that, I only have so many hours that I want to work. There's the key. So you don't want to burn yourself out. So that's how delegating tasks can help you create income as long as you're making sure that you are able to focus on the other tasks to be able to get them, uh, you know, bring in the extra income and by bringing in the extra leads. And so there's that fantastic cycle that happens there. Identifying how your, com your particular company generates income is really important. Sometimes business owners don't understand 
exactly how the income happens and not even just how the income happens, but sometimes we don't understand how the leads happen. You could be sitting here listening to this right now and thinking, I don't know how I got my last leads. Or you could be saying, hey, my leads, the only way that they come in is if somebody recommends me and they come and they trickle. And maybe that's an interesting point for you to say, how can I stop that or not necessarily stop it, but how do I either uh, grow that piece so that I have more people recommending me and or adding other ways to get more leads into into your business as well. The leads isn't, um, leads are valuable, obviously, because leads are how people get a hold of you and how they can actually do business with you and work with you. Being able to convert your leads into actual clients is also an important piece to this entire puzzle. I mean, you know, if you're getting 10 leads and you're closing one for every 10, then that ratio doesn't really work for the amount of effort you're putting into it. And so you need to work on how to close with the client, right? How to make sure that those more of those 10 convert. So it isn't necessarily you need more leads, depending on how many leads you're getting. Look at the, you know, you look at how many leads am I getting? How many am I actually converting into clients? And then what's that experience like? And are they recommending me at the end? There's an entire cycle that happens. When you look at that whole piece and you need to understand where it is inside your business that that income comes from, obviously all of us have a similar idea. There's a lead. There's people that choose to do business with us. We do the business with the person and we hope that they recommend us at the end. But you have the ability to influence every level of that. And you have the ability to look and see where is it that you're falling down and how can you make it better? You can't do it all at once. It's one miracle at a time, one day at a time, one hour at a time sometimes. But when you're looking at that, it's understanding where does that come from for you? If you are getting a lot of leads, but you're not closing any, then you don't have a lead problem. You have a closing problem. And so how can you identify what needs to happen there? If you've got leads and you are closing enough for yourself that you feel comfortable with the percentage you're closing, but you're not getting any referrals, how can you make your customer experience better so that you'll get referrals? This entire process allows you to identify where you need help. When you understand where you need help, then you can start to look at creating those delegations so that you can actually create more income. Okay. The entire process, entire customer experience from the time that they first hear your name until the time they have your name on their lips. Every time somebody asks them a question about what you can help them with, you have the ability to influence that entire place, but you can't do it alone. It's really difficult to do all of this on our own. And so that's why we need help. When you look at delegation, I if you not if you haven't delegated anything yet if you don't have a team yet you can start super small you don't need to have a massive team right from the get go you don't have to have the most expensive team on the planet either when i first started this business the first thing i did was i outsourced my bookkeeping cuz you know math <laughs> Bookkeeping was one of the first things that I needed to find somebody to help me with. Now, for your business, maybe that's not what you need. Maybe you're totally kosher with keeping track of those kinds of things. Some people, bookkeeping isn't the first thing that goes on the top of their list. But for me, I like to, I encourage you to look at where are the places where you are not in your brilliance? Where are you feeling the most stress inside your business and how can you alleviate that stress by looking for somebody to help you with that? 
The next person that came into my business was somebody who helped write my blog post with me. And it was a small, really, in the grand scheme of things, it was a fairly small task for them. It was a monumental pain in my rear end. But for them, it wasn't a, you know, as big of a deal. Now, I'll tell you that the person who started writing my blog posts is still with me today, years later now. And she is an integral part to my business. Not only, um, she, she does all kinds of things now, and she spends a great deal of time inside the business every month. And she has her position has grown inside the business. So when you're thinking about delegation, you don't have to hire a full-time person. You can start out small and then just build from there. I encourage you to do that. And I remember there were times after I had hired her to do that work where I had to actually work hard to find money to pay her but it was valuable in order for me to get the things done that I had to get done. Okay. So sometimes in the very beginning, when you're struggling, it's okay. Uh, I even have a blog post for you. Uh, it's, I think it's 10 ways to make a hundred dollars and it's a fantastic thing to look at and say, what are some ways that I can come up with a hundred dollars so that I can get a task done so that I can work on something else that I need to get done in the business. So there's lots of different ways to look at outsourcing. And I know that if you have a team already, you're probably past that point uh, into another section of your business where you are able to afford your team members now. Congratulations for that. It's a beautiful feeling, isn't it? When you are still working with your team, making sure that your next phase, what's important for you is that when you have that team, that you're not micromanaging them. You monitor them, obviously, but you don't want to micromanage people. The worst thing that can happen as a team member is to feel like you're A, doing work for somebody who doesn't trust you. B, you're doing work for somebody who has to redo it or who feels like they need to redo it. There's no, there's no feeling of accomplishment. There's no value then in what you do. As a simple example, and this happens in my house weekly, we will fill the dishwasher as we go through the day. And my husband doesn't like how anybody fills it, but his, but how he fills it himself. And my children get annoyed by this. And it's, I just let it go nowadays because I just think, well, whatever, if you want to repack the dishwasher, that's up to you. It's your time, not mine. But the way it feels when somebody redoes a job that you've already done doesn't feel good. And so think about that when you're looking at your team members. If you're redoing everything they're doing, first of all, you're wasting your time and you're wasting your money. You're wasting their time. You're wasting their energy, right? So micromanaging isn't the way to go. Now, when you think about the the ability to oversee your team, obviously there needs to be an overseeing. And with a new team member, there's more overseeing that happens just to make sure that they understand what they need and that you give them the support that they require. But you need to build trust both ways. They need to trust you and you need to trust them to get their work done. And together, you need to work to make sure that that communication, that trust is something that you're working on growing, building, and nurturing throughout the entire relationship. The more you trust your team, the less likely you are to micromanage. And trust is something, obviously, it's earned. However, it's something that should also be worked on on a regular basis. And that's why I think that open communication is really important between you and your team members. So part of having processes and SOPs is fail-safes. And when you have the ability to say, oh, here's a task that needs to be done, 
and let's say Sue is going to do these three tasks and then Jane's going to do these two. And then George has this one to get done when they are reliant on each other in order to get the work done, then the fail safe comes in. If Sue doesn't get her stuff done and Jane's waiting, then Jane can poke Sue. Right. So there's that fail safe ability to be able to make sure that the work gets done because each person understands who they're working with, what their responsibilities are and how they can help the other person maybe get it done. Maybe Jane pokes Sue and Sue says, oh, I'm sorry, my kids are sick. And Jane's like, hey, no problem. I can do your part this time. And then they can work with each other in order to get the work done. So fail safes can be a very valuable piece uh, when you're looking at helping your team to get things done, to trust in each other, not just you and them, but also trust in each other and also help you not micromanage and monitor instead. On that note, looking at... Uh, getting your team members to take responsibility. So when your team is in fact a team and they do believe that their work is for the benefit of the overall team and they understand that when the, when the business does better, they do better. When this is a concept as a whole for the whole team, magic starts to happen, okay? I talk about the difference between being the hub and the spoke of a, of a wheel, as an example. So think about a wheel and you think about the hub, which is the center of the wheel. If you're the hub, that means that all the spokes answer to you. Okay. What does that mean? That means that there's a bottleneck at the hub. And that also means that you're not going to get any of your shit done because everybody's too busy running to you for help. I encourage you instead to be another spoke. Each of you on your team, you as the owner, as the leader, as well as all the other team members are spokes. There's equal weight around the wheel, which keeps it in that round format on the spokes and each spoke would then be relying on each other. That means that you can actually take a vacation. Okay. That means you can actually take time away from your business. That means that if you're sick, the business won't die. Being a spoke inside your team, not only does it allow you for the ability to keep your team going, keep your business going if something bad happens, or if you take a vacation, it also allows you to build that trust in a much more solid way. Having open communication with you and your team members is really important. Let them come to you with things that are going on in their lives as well as in their business. I encourage my team members to joke and have fun with each other, to build relationships with each other, even outside of uh, the work. And the type of relationships that they build is their choice, obviously, I can tell you that we have a damn good time on my team. It's part of what my team culture is all about. Work together, we laugh together, and we spend time supporting each other and looking out for each other. That's the kind of team that I love to be a part of. That's the kind of team that I love to grow, and my team appreciates it. They, they love being able to have fun along with doing the work. Now, in terms of the, the other piece to this, and I talked about having that fun that we have together, happiness is important on a team. Team members who are happy, not only with their work, right, what they're doing, but also with the other people that they're doing it with, they will actually produce more work. Think about it. When you're miserable and cranky and not feeling so great, chances are you're not going to do a good job either. So think about that from your team's perspective. When teams are happy, they will actually create more work. Part of happiness is, is being a part of, not just being a doer. 
Think about uh, the difference between somebody who works at McDonald's, for example, maybe some teenager who's working at McDonald's to make enough money so they can go to the movies on the weekend. They're just going to do what they have to do compared to somebody who is integral inside the business. Think about somebody who has more responsibility or who has more impact into how a business runs. They're going to actually do more than the person who is just somebody who's doing their job. So that open communication, helping them to understand and see the, the goals that are happening inside the business and ensuring that you have the conversations with them on a regular basis. Are you happy with your current position? Do you like the work that you're completing? Is there anything on your plate right now that you'd love to get rid of? Ask those questions and be open and honest with them to be able to answer it. And if your team comes to you and say, oh, you know what? This one piece of my job, I really hate. It sucks. Be honest with them. If you can help them to offload it right now, then do so. If not, say, yeah, okay, I understand why that would be upsetting for you. Or I understand why you don't like that. Is it possible you can keep doing it for a little while until we can figure out how to move it off your plate? Be open and honest with people. Ensure that they understand where that goal, where you're heading from a business perspective, that's going to help you to have an amazing team. And when you have an amazing team, you're going to have a team that is going to create more income for you. I hope you have a fantastic day and I look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Overgivers Anonymous podcast. Your support means the world to me. You can find show notes for this episode and other goodies at overgiversanonymous.ca. And if you enjoyed this episode or you enjoyed the podcast in general, why not join us in the Overgivers Anonymous Facebook group where you can connect with overgivers from all over the world. Head on over to geekygirl.ca slash group. 